Hey, Rachel, how are you doing? Yeah, good, Chabri. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, we've been talking so much recently about prospecting, and I think as an SDR manager who's really at the forefront leading their team, I'm really excited to um, tuck into some of the topics today. Um, my newsfeed these days is like swamped with stuff around chat GPT taking over it's sort of taking over with prospecting um and the fact that you know you can sort of do all this personalization and bring your personality into it um and make prospecting easier and I think it is causing a bit of a rift in terms of you know we're all talking about being personal with prospects we're talking about building relationships we're talking about things being relevant um so I'm really keen to to dive in today and talk about some of the stuff that your team are doing really successfully as it relates to prospecting um when you were in SDR how you cut through the noise um and really sort of some takeaways and, and tangible things for our listeners to to take away so um I guess before we get started um and, you know why don't you introduce yourself and um and tell everyone who you are Amazing. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Rachel. I'm one of the SDR managers here at Cognizant. So my role is really to essentially like get all the new starters, train them up, take them through onboarding, upskill them, coach them, and hopefully push them through into the next team, up into the enterprise team, um, and have a really fun time along the way. Um, I've been here for about three years, just had my three-year anniversary. Um, this is actually really relevant to me because when I was an SDR, I was like queen of creative prospecting. So I remember when I was actually interviewing for my job now, my interview um, prep was to do a creative prospecting sprint, which was on like using voice notes and video. So I very much push that sort of creative prospecting across my team at the minute. Amazing. Well, I'm sure you're going to have some great examples and stories to, to share with everyone along the way. Um, so I guess let, let's dive right in. And I think the first thing I really wanted to cover was this whole concept of bringing your personality um, into into your role. Um, and it sounds like that's what you did as well. Um, people often talk about personalization. Um, so I guess let's just kick off with that. What, is, what does personalization mean to, to you? Yeah, so I think like it's difficult because, you know, you've got like the generic personalization that like honestly never works, which is, you know, I can see that you're a sales director working in like company. Um, obviously, that's really easy to find. Everyone has LinkedIn. That sort of stuff like isn't really going to cost it anymore. Um, sometimes it's difficult to personalize stuff, and I, I appreciate that. There's like not anything super relevant on somebody's profile or on their website, but I think that personalization should very much be about like you showing your character um, and making yourself seem more human to cut through the noise, um, especially if there's nothing that's that relevant that you can find on someone's like LinkedIn. Let's say they're like, there was nothing on there that sometimes happens, nothing on the website, like no webinars they're running, no events, like nothing that you can kind of like speak about and relate to. I would honestly just like send a voice note, um, use that as part of your multi-touch or potentially send like over a video to, to really like show that you are in fact a human <laughs> um, and not like a sales robot. Yeah, I I, th I think that's that's so spot on, which like you mentioned, it's about showing your character, like it's not necessarily about personalizing to them. I mean, that's part of it, right, which is being personal. And the second part is being you. Um, so you talked about sending voice notes, sending videos. Um, so quick question, like, what would you prefer video or voice note? Um, good question. I think like, I probably use both within like your sequence. So 
we're like a huge fan of multi-touch. I think like our team books in like around like 60% of meetings through calling. Um, but I think like emails aren't really usually that effective if it's like a cold email, usually if it's a follow-up, it works. Whereas things like voice notes and videos, I find really work. Um, I do prefer a video because obviously you've got like, you can see someone's face, you can hear their tonality and you've got like, obviously like their words. Whereas when it's just a voice note, you can't like see that person. So potentially less effective. I think the difficulty is though, it's quite hard to scale stuff like voice notes and videos because we can't really track um, what's working as easily as you could with like an email or a call. Like we use outreach. So it's quite tricky to see which one's better. Um, voice notes obviously are quicker and it's always that balance between like what is scalable. Um, we spend loads of time making a personalized video and someone doesn't reply. <laughs> Um, not the best use of time, voice notes, yeah, I tend to be a little bit quicker. You just, you've like hit the nail on the head there, because that's the biggest pushback I've always had from from reps and actually leaders themselves, which is like videos are so time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more time consuming than voice notes, like you say. So what would your advice be to a leader who has that concern, but you're a leader who's seeing that be an effective channel and seeing that success. So how would you convince a leader that isn't quite bought in to to that, that it is effective? Yes, it's time consuming, but it does yield the right results. Yeah, I think the thing with videos is, is at first, it is really time consuming because you don't really know what you're doing. But like to make it as scalable as possible, like have like, you know, your skeleton script that you would like use in, in, in an email, for example, personalize bits of that to that person so that every single time we don't just come onto the video and like kind of try and wing it because that takes a bit of time. Um, obviously, like having examples to show to someone of like how effective videos are is always going to be a great use case. Um, what we do um, is like you can either make like a video that's technically you're not, it's not super personalized towards that person, but it's you talking about maybe targeting someone in sales or in marketing, let's say. And those videos can be sent to people that may be like less hot prospects. Yeah. Um, Because the personalization comes from the fact that you are speaking through the screen. But obviously, like hyper personalized videos where you've done like a deep dive into them, you're talking about maybe some things that are relevant, and it's a video, could be used for like those hotter prospects. And that's probably a better use of time. Otherwise, you know, it can take up to like a few minutes. You might have to redo it if it's a really key prospect and you don't want to burn the bridge. So maybe kind of splitting it between like the levels of prospects you're going after could be like a better way of like utilizing people's time. Yeah, I love that. So like have one video that you can share and maybe the text is personalized and then you've got that one video that, that you can share. Um, I think I think that's really good. Do you see do you see a difference in open rates with videos with emails that have videos versus don't? Yeah, so I think it's really helpful to put like video in the title of the email. Okay. Um, I used to always put like a video for you, comment like first name, um, got a much higher open rate because if you see that, like people are just more inclined to want to click into it. Yeah. Um, and the response rates are really high because if someone sees that you kind of created a video for them, um, I mean, I n- normally encourage people to put them on LinkedIn. So like message people on LinkedIn they're connected with because if someone hasn't replied to an email, then you don't want to waste your time by creating that personalized video. Yeah. To use your LinkedIn works a little a little bit more nicely because they've already accepted your request. They're like, I've seen who you are. Um, we used to get those replies being like, I feel like such a celebrity, you know, hearing <laughs> them over their LinkedIn profile. And people really think that it's like a really nice like personal touch. 
That's great. That's great advice. I think LinkedIn just as a channel is more personal because it comes, people can click on your profile very easily. I think it's just, it does, It you know, I think different people have different success rates. But I think one thing um, someone told me last year was on LinkedIn, in the message preview, your last line of your message actually comes up first. So um, it's very different to email, whereas like in Gmail, you've got the preview of your title there. So actually, when you're if you are using LinkedIn versus email, thinking about the structure of your message, um, I think can can massively, massively help. And so something you mentioned at the start was about bringing bringing your personality and it was about sharing your character and um, for people who are new to the SDR role like for your the SDRs that you hire and onboard how do you train them advise them coach them on on doing specifically that yeah so I think um the idea in the team is when it comes to like cold outreach um it is really important to put your own character into it it's quite difficult to write like a cold email and put your personality into it, which is why we encourage things like multi-touch approach, sending those videos on LinkedIn, sending over those voice notes. You can even send voice, voice notes on WhatsApp now, um, which obviously we don't really have any stats like yet, but that's something the team has started to do, which has been quite successful. But I think like key for new starters, I always find is that obviously like new starters are gonna make more mistakes, probably be like a little bit more nervous, but like leveraging that in your outreach is like so helpful. Everyone's been new before, the people that you're prospecting like are normally like leaders, manage a team, maybe have coached people before. So I think like, you know, being like, you know, it's, it's my first week or I've been here for a month. We'd love to get some feedback from you on this voice note approach. Um, if anything, otherwise let me know what you think about jumping on the call. So always asking for feedback and, you know, making it really clear that you're new. You know, you can say things like, you know what, it's my first time working from home today or, Get your pet in the video. People love pets. People love <laughs> you just saw that then. Yeah. I saw a dog in the background and it reminded me of um, someone in my team called Ivana. She's amazing. She's a senior enterprise. She always uses her dog Benji, who she brings into the office. He's adorable. She sends loads of videos, um, like photos with him as well. And people like love it and always respond. And maybe it's like, we're not interested, but like love the video. Cute dog, by the way. At least you've yeah. got a response, so you're not going to keep on chasing that person. Yeah, when they're like in a contract with somebody else, for example. Yeah, I I, th- and I think it's right. I think COVID especially taught us a lot with that as well, right? Where we had everything going on, working from home, and I think actually it just did just make people more human. Like I remember there were people that I had Zoom calls with that I'd always seen in in the office, and then suddenly you're on Zoom with them at home, whether it's your team or your manager or whoever, and suddenly you're in people's home. And it, and it actually just like we broke down those barriers, I think, um, sort of, you know, unintentionally, but it, but it happened. Um, something you said, I, I'm really, really curious to unpack because you talked about WhatsApp and what I've seen on LinkedIn um, and from talking to people is like some people think prospecting using WhatsApp is brilliant. And some people are like, it's too personal, it's too much. What's your what's your take on that? Yeah, so we were actually having this conversation the other day because there's a couple of people on my team that have like really started to use it. So I don't have any facts or figures, but um, I think it works really well if it's part of like a sequence. So maybe we're like confirming a meeting, maybe you've already spoken to them. That sort of warmer approach using WhatsApp like seems like it works the best. We're still working on the completely cold outreach. Um, like I'm not encouraging people to just like, 
you know, send out like a completely cold WhatsApp that's like maybe a pitch, for example. At the moment, it's more used in a, in a warm sort of way. Um, but I don't see why that shouldn't be the case because I feel like as long as you're, you know, you need to make sure that your WhatsApp picture is professional. <laughs> Somebody in my team had quite a funny one and he changed it when he noticed and the prospect was like, ha, 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 just seen you change your picture. Don't worry, I loved it. So got to be really careful about that. Top tip to everyone. Um, yeah, but I think basically starting off using it cold would be really interesting, but we haven't quite bridged that gap yet, but works really well for follow-ups really well as part of like a multi-touch point approach um yeah. confirming meetings that sort of stuff chasing people yeah. um if they showed interest at some point but yeah totally cold unsure Just yeah i think follow-ups absolutely confirming a meeting like you know hey rachel are we still on for 2 p.m today i think great um i don't think i would personally react super well if i got a cold whatsapp i got a cold facetime last year which i've had slightly intrusive oh wow That's it was a pattern interrupt it was a completely a pattern interrupt um so again I think there are there are ways that people can do things um I think whilst cutting through the noise but but maybe sort of respecting um respecting boundaries um what about the building a personal brand because that's part of you know showing your character have you got examples of people in your team or people that you've seen on LinkedIn that you follow that you think have done really well on on building that personal brand yeah it's a good question um someone really popped to mind I think is it Ben from Reach Desk he's I think his name is his name is Ben I think he's from Reach Desk I always remember his LinkedIn profile (laughs) um because he put on it that he was a professional ice skater. Yeah. I thought was, I don't know if that rings any bells, which like always stuck with me. And I actually always use his profile as, as an example when I'm like trying to teach my team about how to like create their own brand online. Um, super important. Also means like when, if someone connects with you or the prospect reaches back out, they can pick up something like fun that's maybe not so associated with like your job that makes you look again, like a human, like, you know, you've got like other hobbies, personality that they can connect with you with um super important to do that and also to like you know post things that you've done on your LinkedIn as well that's not like totally about the role so people can again like get a gauge of you like as a person because people buy from people not from the generic chat you know sales reps for sure yeah I and I and I think that as sellers makes it easier for us to people to connect with us but I think like you said at the start there are so many people that we probably prospect to that don't make it that easy on their profile that don't have something that we can you know pick out um and I think you know I've seen sort of laziness within prospecting um whether it's like the personalization I get is I see we have a number of mutual connections like that's not personalization right like or you know I see we both went to um, University of Manchester again not personalization so how do you like what to you is good personalization because you said at the start you've done loads of creative yeah so what to you is creative and what would you recommend people avoid yeah so I think you hit the nail on the head there when you were talking about the hey I see you went to you know University of Bristol I've got like an email with that as the title and then it was mentioned in the first line and then it goes straight into like talking about their product pitch 
if you are going to do something and relate it to that, like it needs to make have more of a connect to what the other person is doing, basically. Um, there was actually someone historically in my team that used to message people and be like, oh my God, you went to Warwick Uni. Do you remember that pub down the street? And it was like a really classic student bar that he like knew that they would have gone to and kind of bonded over that, but it wasn't actually necessarily true. So that actually worked really nicely. And people would be like, yeah, amazing. He's like, it's crazy. I might, might have seen you there. That worked quite nicely. Um, but I think in general, that sort of approach probably doesn't really work anymore. I think like it's just basically being really to the point and making sure that you're like, value selling and you've done your research on the company which I guess isn't necessarily like fun personalization but if you couple that within a sequence of like sending out a voice note um sending out a video and then your messaging to those people is like full of research and full of value that's really important um in terms of the absolutely cold outreach like sending off a video in the first email or the second email actually works really nicely um because they can like immediately see your face, like hear your voice, see you smile. Um, and yeah, just making sure you've done a little bit of research into the company to make it like worth their time to, to be watching it, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Because I hear that a lot from leaders, which is like, I don't want my team to be spending so much time on that because they need to be like hitting volume activity as well. And it takes quite a long time. But I think like, how long do you do you advise your team to spend on researching each prospect and account yeah so like I'm very much like I don't want people to spend loads of time doing that I think if someone first gets the account I'm thinking of one person on my team as an example um there's like a part of the sequence where basically like you can send a picture of our tool and they'll run a search for like maybe one of their clients or competitors pulled up like all the contacts and numbers and she'll go and do that when she first gets the account. So you've got like this personalized picture of like something that's really relevant to that, anyone in that account, which means that every time you speak to somebody, you can use the same thing that would be relevant to them. Um, could be similar with a video, rather than sending each different person a different video, it could be like a video for a particular company, um, which will reduce the time spent. Um, and then if it's a key prospect in that account, you could make a different one, make it more personalized. Um, and then couple that with like the using voice notes and that sort of stuff. Okay. And how long would that take roughly? Good question. So like doing the search on our platform will, and finding the account will probably take like, like it'll take a few minutes. It's just not very hard to do. Um, making a video for the company will probably take a few minutes as well, but I think it's more like you need to practice doing it. And then once you know how to do it, it doesn't take very long. It's just the initial getting there learning how to like present yourself in a video, knowing like the right structure of what you're going to say, you're obviously going to change it for each company. Um, that's a much more scalable way of doing it, I think. And you put in the time for the key prospects, you find out who the DM is on the account or you get referred to someone who's like the perfect person but really hard to get through. That's when I put in a little bit more time making a video. Also like writing like personalized emails also does take up time, but you could just replace that with making a video and you'll probably get a higher response rate anyway. Okay, so your advice would be always video over email if you're gonna spend the time doing it. And um, then if you don't have the time, personalize the text and then send a like templated video. Yeah, I would say so for sure. I mean, if no one's like ever opened like an email on an account, maybe they're not worth sending a personalized video to because it's probably a waste of time. But yeah, also like sending one on LinkedIn is great because it pops up the little thumbnail which is a really nice way of viewing it. And you can see if someone's actually seen it. Um, yeah. 
we've also got that option on Vidyard, which we quite like because you can see how much of the video they watched. Yes. How they even watched it, which means that, you know, you can follow that up with like maybe a funny meme or a funny gif for like using a little bit of humor to follow up on things. It's like a really nice way of grabbing somebody's attention. Okay, so again, they're kind of showing your character there. I love it. Um, obviously, mindful of people's personality styles. So, you know, if you're selling to a CFO who might be a bit more serious and analytical, sort of adjusting your humour and, and outreach accordingly. Um, but I, I that, that that's really good advice. Um, so we talked a lot about personalisation. So shifting the conversation to relevance. These are kind of two things that I always, I would say, so personalisation and relevance. So what advice do you give to your team in terms of making sure that their outreach is relevant? And I guess, what does relevance mean to, to you? Yeah, so um, like you mentioned before, saying things like, oh, I can see that you went to this uni or, you know, I can see you're a sales director at this company. Like, it's just, like, really generic. So I just think, like, having really short to the point emails, not really salesy, going directly to the value, I think is the best way to make things relevant. Obviously, it's beneficial if you've already had a call with somebody. So we encourage everyone to speak to, like, ICs and the company information gather so that the, the emails that you're writing, like, are based on, like, what they're actually doing and not just, like, a shot in the dark. But obviously, that initial outreach when you don't really know what anyone's doing yet is the difficult one because again hard to personalize so i think short and just to the point um or a lot of we've got a lot of different sequences that people can use throughout the team and some people just use like the call everyday sequence um or just a calling sequence and then once they have had a conversation that's when they'd send a follow-up email but they wouldn't send a cold email before that so it kind of it depends on people's strengths. Like if they're a really good caller, we normally encourage them to choose like a really cool heavy sequence. Okay. And how do you then train your team on the relevance within that call sequence? Like how do you like strike the right balance between personalization and relevance? In the call sequence, well, I guess like the idea is that if you go through a new information gather from the bottom up and you speak to maybe like some sales reps, find out like, you know, for us it's relevant to find out like obviously what tools they're using what the processes are, find those pains, challenges and goals. And then obviously when you go up to like the manager level, up to sales director, up to a VP, you have all the information. So it is really relevant because you know exactly what parts of the tool would benefit them, yeah. what the issues are. Um, so I think just doing the info gathering first, rather than going straight to a VP with absolutely no idea what they're doing, yeah. you can really easily like burn the account that way. Yeah. Um, it's usually what we push to make sure that it is like value-led outreach. I love that because I think there's nothing more credible to a leader than actually feeding them back nuggets that you've heard from from their team. Um, I think that's as personalised and, and as relevant as it's going to get. Um, so as an SDR manager, you must be on the receiving end of a lot of outreach as well. Um, what what would you, would you say is the best outreach you've had that's really caught your attention? And um, what would you say is probably the kind of least effective? interesting um I like I really react well to like really funny follow-ups maybe that's just my character but I really like getting people that make like personalized memes they send to you um because that person's put in effort to make that personalized to Cognizant or to me and it's like quite funny um I think it's a fun role I think like being an SCR should be fun you should be able to like put your sense of humor out there so I react really well to that also, um, 
I write well to people sending over videos because I, again, like it personalizes the approach. You can actually like see that person as a human. Um, the outreach that I like the least is probably exactly the same as what you get on your side, which is just like somebody sending you like a really, really long chunk about what their products or services can do. That has nothing to do with me. I'll just exit immediately. But if somebody's like put in effort, done something a bit funny or unusual, I'll always reply being like, hey, really not interested, um, but like love the approach, keep up. I'm definitely someone who will encourage people to like carry on trying different methods of outreach like that. Okay. Okay. I think you're right. I think if you can tell someone's put a lot of effort into it, I think it's always worth replying and giving them giving them the feedback as well. And then when you were in SDR, it sounds like creativity was um was a was a huge strength of yours. So what was probably the most creative um piece of outreach that you did? Um I actually I'm thinking back to a time where I actually made a video for somebody and on their profile they basically written a book about something to do with mindset or growth or something. It was a little bit of a stretch. Um, and I basically just related that to me being like a new SDR and I was like reaching out and trying new things. Um, somehow that gap was bridged. I don't know how I did it with making it relevant to my outreach. I, I watched it back the other day and I was like horrified. But the I, I went through his profile, like asked for feedback. Um, and then I talk, was talking about working from home because I, this is when everyone was like completely remote. And I had I'd bought like a Yoda toy. <laughs> Can't believe I did this. Because um, from a TV program I, I was watching and I kind of used it in the video being like, working from at the minute, this is like my only pal at the moment. And I kind of showed my Yoda toy. Um, looking back now, yeah, maybe I'd got a little bit mental working from home. But I got a really nice response from this guy who was like not interested. Like It wasn't actually relevant. They were like, it, it wasn't a good fit. But he was like, that was really, really creative outreach. Like, I really loved it. Like, keep it up. You put a smile on my face. It's been a really serious day. So I think making sure that you're yeah, not doing the norm. I think all the, all the people who are going to reach out to as well, probably like working really hard, maybe having a really serious time. Like you could just be that smiley, upbeat person that kind of like puts a bit of light into their day. So I think things that are maybe a bit weird. The Yoda thing was definitely a bit weird. Um, but something like that. Use your dog, you know, get your dog in the video. People love that. I think it's a nice way to go about it. Amazing. Yeah, it sounds like you really, like, even the Yoda thing, it's just showing your character. And I think mm -hmm. during that time where everyone was completely working from home, I think um, humour and sort of lightheartedness was probably really appreciated. Um, okay, that's brilliant. I mean, so much that I've written down and, and loads for everyone to take away. Um, lots of tangible stuff here that people can be doing. Um, the last question I had, and, and um, I'm sure you go through this, every month, every quarter. Um, so what would you say if someone in your team um, is on the edge of hitting quota and it's the last week of the month or last week of the quarter um, and they need some um, advice to get over the line, what, what would you say to your team? I think really it's going to be like probably similar to other people. It's just like really to like hit the phone, smash the calls out. Um, I wouldn't spend time like sending over stuff like videos because there's normally a little bit of a longer response rate and you don't know people are going to open them. So I would always just say like, we'll go and get that, like try and increase the energy in the office. Just basically try and make more calls and just push back on timing. You can even be really cheeky and be like, look, I'm winning an internal competition. You know, someone tries to book in for next month. Any chance you can just do this week, like no worries if not. Because usually we speak to salespeople so they're more inclined to be like, go on then, okay, I'll book in for this week. 
um, yeah, that's probably what I'd advise. I wouldn't, I would just up your activity, yeah, but I wouldn't make, spend this time making loads of videos end of the month because, yeah, there's normally a little bit of a longer cycle on those. Okay, that's super great advice. Well, thank you, Rachel. So great to hear from someone who has done this themselves and now managing a team and, and coaching them to do that. So um, appreciate all your advice, lots here, and lots for everyone to take away. So thank you so much for, for joining.